0: This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing. Now, before we start today, we have a request. If you are genuinely enjoying what we do here on the show, then please leave us a review on iTunes or your podcasting app because it really helps us to grow the podcast and ensures that we bring you great marketing tips and advice each week. Now, today I'm joined by Grant Leboff, speaker and CEO at Sticky Marketing. How are you doing, Grant?
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on, Andy.
0: Uh, So you're up in sunny Watford, aren't you? The deep north. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. The sun always shines in Watford. (laughs) Yeah, just just for our our non-UK listeners, Watford is just a bit north of London, so it's not really the deep north at all. Um, So uh, tell us all about yourself and Sticky Marketing and what you do there.
1: Yeah, so Sticky Marketing is a strategic consultancy, so we work with businesses uh, to make their marketing effective. Most of it's uh, digital, but it's all about uh, understanding the new world of communications and making it work for business.
0: Now, today's topic... Uh, It's quite a a broad topic, I think. One of the things I wanted to start off talking about was communications, Grant, and the way they've changed over the years and the way they they change and what that means for business.
1: Yeah, it's really important for people to understand strategically what has happened. So I always say to people, I can distill the communication revolution down for people, if you like, into uh, one sentence. And the sentence is simply this, for the first time in history everybody has a channel. Mm. You know, media companies always had channels. That's how we absorbed most of our, our information, TV, radio, magazines, publishing books, etc. But today, businesses have their own media channels. And of course, individuals have their own media channels too. And that changes literally all the rules of the game.
0: Yeah. So of course, social media has, has been around for a while now. That's, that's really changed things, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the thing, the fundamentals is this. We live in a world now of abundance of information because essentially everybody's putting it out. Everybody's got their own media channel. And in a world of abundance of information, everything in life has a cause and effect. So the direct effect, if you like, of living in a world of an abundance of information is we now live in a world of scarcity of attention. Mm. But that is massive for business because, of course, the one thing every single business needs to be successful is their customers' and prospects' attention.
0: What about moving on to lead generation? And I'm just wondering how that looks sort of in a digital world these days.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, well, it, it fundamentally changes how we generate leads. Because if you think about information distribution, almost all information was distributed uh, via media. So, you got your news from the radio or TV, you would put on music, and it will be from records, uh, cassettes, CDs, but they will be put out by uh, record companies, media conglomerates. Your books were publishing companies. Mm. Today, the number one form of information distribution is peer to peer. You know, if you think that Facebook is the number one news network on the planet today, but information is obviously someone has to publish it. Someone has to put the story up on Facebook. But actually, those stories spread not because one person on Facebook has a 100 million people in their audience, but because it's shared. So social sharing now becomes the currency of, uh, you know, spreading information. But that has, means there's a fundamental difference because in the old days, what people would do in marketing is sell to the customer. But what people have to understand today is your customer is actually your channel because
0: they are your best channel to market. It's the peer to peer sharing. What about the models that are in use today? I'm just wondering what the uh, sort of of trends recently in in the way people are sort of, uh, you know, doing lead generation.
1: Well, yeah. So if you think about it, if you take the traditional purchase funnel, which everybody knows, it's like the the cone shape, isn't it? Mm. Where you shout very loudly at the top. At your prospects and customers and then you hope to get a little bit of response and out that bottom that very small base you'll get a few uh, customers and as long as everything that comes out the bottom pays for all the activity through that funnel most people pat themselves on the back and say yeah that that works we got an ROI on our marketing mm. the The problem with that model Is twofold. First of all, all the information dissemination comes from the company putting it out. So, in other words, you would do a direct mail of 10,000 mailers, and that would be the top of your funnel, wouldn't it? Mm. But if your information now is distributed via the channel, via customers, via social sharing, that just doesn't fit into that model at all. So, that model almost becomes obsolete. The other problem with that model is the top of that funnel, by the way, that model, that purchase funnel was invented in 1898. Mm. Um, which says something because we're in 2017 now, aren't we? So, you know, you know, it says something, but that, but that top of that funnel assumes that attention is abundant. It assumes that if I mail out enough or, or advertise to enough people, I will elicit some sort of response. But of course, in a world today uh, where attention is scarce, and I'm sure many of your listeners will know this, they've done the direct mail of 10,000, they've done the big advertising, and they didn't get any response whatsoever or so little they couldn't make it pay. So we need a different model today mm. um, because that model just doesn't reflect the way information is consumed or distributed you know, in a digital world.
0: Yeah. I mean, you mentioned uh, the sort of the attention of people, which is, would you say it's becoming increasingly difficult to get? I know that it's sort of ramped up quite rapidly, didn't it? sort of a few years ago. Yes. Would you say it's leveled out? Or do you think it's just continually getting worse?
1: Well, I think in many ways it will continually get worse because it's a direct effect of an abundance of information and channels in which to access it. So, of course, today we are so bombarded with information that, you know, it is very, very difficult to get someone's attention and then obviously retain it as well. Mm. And that means that people really have to understand their information architecture. And I'll explain that. I mean, everybody knows what that is without realizing often. But let me explain simple information architecture. This is something that no listener has ever done, ever, right? Mm. You never pick up a newspaper and read the body copy before you read the headline. Mm. It's just not how you work. You read the headline, and if the headline grabs you – you will then go to the body copy and you know with the way a newspaper is written at any paragraph you can stop reading and the story makes sense thus far yes if that that's that's how it's written yeah that's exactly the same people have to think about their information architecture online so whether it's social media whether it's their website whether it's their blog you need a killer headline which might persuade someone to read an opening paragraph or watch a 20 second teaser video mm. which might encourage someone to download something else which means eventually they might want to meet you face-to-face, download a white paper, read something extensively that you've written. But unless you understand that customer journey and the way that information architecture works. So in in other words, you kind of win attention very slowly over time. Mm. Um, And of course, a lot of people miss that. So you go on someone's homepage and the first offer is downloading a white paper of 3,000 words. Well, it's like that's asking me to read the body copy without a headline. You know, no one's going to do it.
0: It's interesting isn't it this is quite it's quite a sort of an established uh, sort of newspaper approach isn't it this sort of um try and encapsulate the story in a headline and then encapsulate it a bit more diffusely in the opening paragraph and then sort of drill down a bit in the uh, subsequent paragraphs
1: Exactly right and of course everybody that buys is different in terms of how much information they need before they pursue a purchase so obviously you're going to have people that are very detail orientated that will want to download the specs and everything else. And obviously, down through that purchase journey, you'll offer that. And they'll be able to do that because they'll need that to make a decision. And there's other people that would read a headline and make a decision on a headline. You know, that's just how they work. Obviously, it depends what you're selling and what the purchase price is. But all of those kind of things. So it's about understanding that customer journey. And then, of course, the important thing for all businesses, and a lot of people miss this as well, is looking at the analytics. Because when you look at a website analytics, your social media analytics, whatever – the data will explain to you. The data will give you quite a lot of detail mm. or where you're losing prospects, where they're dropping out of the purchase journey. You know, which bits do you need to make a bit stickier and a bit more enticing? So, you know, you're iterating all the time to improve those processes.
0: Do you think analytics is increasing in importance as, as attention becomes a, a sort of a, a rarer resource these days?
1: Yes, because I think that relevance to your customer becomes ever more imperative in order to get and keep that attention and the analytics will tell you what's resonating and what's relevant and what isn't. I think one of the challenges people have with analytics though and I do understand this is that it can be almost overwhelming because you know you could you could you know suffocate in a sea of data if you wanted to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think it's a question of knowing what to measure and what not to measure and what's important for your business for the drivers of your business but then really paying attention to that data and i think sometimes what happens is a bit of paralysis people are so swamped with data they end up looking at none of it which, yes. which is a bad idea
0: yes the analysis of all well, the paralysis of analysis isn't it
1: <laughs> yeah exactly so, so there's always there's so much here i don't even know where to start and then i don't do anything and of course that that's that's a bad idea
0: now you alluded to this earlier about uh sort of obviously sort of lead generation and making contact with people and getting interest um customer engagement which is the sort of next phase What does it mean these days in the digital marketing world?
1: Well, that's really interesting. It's very, very important, actually, for lead generation. So let's explore that. You know, I I read marketing magazines sometimes, and there there was one particular magazine I won't name, did an eight-page supplement on what customer engagement is. And after the eight pages, you were none the wiser. And I just I just don't understand. So so let's let's be very simple about this. Why is it before you got married? Traditionally, you got engaged. Why is it if you lock a public toilet in many, many countries in the world on the other side of the door? It will say engaged Mm. because essentially engaged means busy, taken or occupied. So what you're asking yourself is it's all about mindshare. What we're saying is, is how often Are our prospects or our customers busy, taken, or occupied with us? And then you have to have a sensible measure for that. So let me just give you a couple of examples just so that makes sense to people listening. Mm. If you're a supermarket in the U.K., You might decide to measure engagement on a weekly basis, but on the basis that over 80 percent of the UK population in terms of households go supermarket shopping a minimum of once a week. Measuring weekly engagement would not be ridiculous because, to be honest, if someone hasn't engaged with your business over a two or three week period, there's only a few conclusions you could come to. They've gone somewhere else. They've gone away on holiday or they're dead. I mean, there aren't that many conclusions you could come to. Whereas if you're a corporate law firm, let's say, you know, measuring engagement on a weekly basis is probably ridiculous because you wouldn't expect even your best customers to necessarily engage with you every single week so you might want to be measuring engagement on a monthly basis or a six weekly basis and what you're saying is or even a even a quarterly basis but what you'd be saying is how often are our customers busy with us do they if they retweet something if they watch something if they read an article and of course anything that's clickable online is measurable so you know who's doing what Mm. and that's really what we mean by engagement and it's really people important that people understand that and then they start to measure that in a real and tangible way
0: mm. i suppose it's it hooks quite sort of heavily into the sort of content creation side of it as well it's knowing the sort of what to what to aim for i suppose what sort of information to give people to get that engagement good doesn't it
1: exactly right so and, and you'll know with content creation you know you've got the content that you're creating to attract Uh, new people in i mean there's there's there's, they're not exactly a a a fixed line between these but the content that you're then to educate your customers and and engage them further Mm. and maybe deeper learning which goes back to the information architecture again doesn't it? if you've been engaged with a company for many many months and they produce a 20 minute video or podcast you may listen to it if you don't know the company you've never heard of them the chances are you're not going to commit to a 20 minute podcast but you might read a one minute teaser you know article or something so so it 's understanding where the content fits and, and you 're absolutely right, looking at those engagement analytics will will really directly feed into what you 're producing what 's working, what isn't and of course, what leads to a purchase as well because content marketing isn 't there just to entertain an audience it 's there to drive business because you know, most businesses, media business being an exception, don't make money just out of people looking at their content. Ultimately, they need to drive people to a purchase. So there has to be a commercial element to this. And that data and those analytics are very important in that.
0: Now, in today's day and age, there's so many different platforms you can use. There's there's so many ways that we can market online. I was just wondering about cutting through the noise grants and sort of knowing where to start. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, so there are two. It's it's a great question. It's it's something that people often ask. And there are two uh, very specific areas I'd look at with that. The first one is, do you know where your customers hang out? I mean, the the one thing in marketing has always been, this hasn't changed just because the web's come along, is be where your customers are. So, of course, there are a plethora of platforms. There are a multitude of places you could be, and none of us have the resources really to be in all of those places. So the thing is, do I know where my customers hang out? For example, if you use a social CRM platform, you can use the email addresses of your current market to understand which of the social media platforms that are important to them. And if you can see, oh, 70% of my marketplace is using Facebook and Twitter, for Mm. argument's sake, Mm. then you want to be on Facebook and Twitter, and perhaps Snapchat's not so important for you. So, uh, you know, the the first obvious uh, answer is make sure you are where your customers are hanging out as well. And obviously, that's a moving feast over over years that may change. Um, So keep on top of that, but make sure. So that's one thing. Make sure you're 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 putting the resources and the effort into the platforms that are actually being used by your prospects and customers um but there is one other point that i would make to this which i think is fundamental and people often miss mm. essentially what you're doing in marketing today because if we go right back to the beginning of this of this chat um you you today you own a media channel and you know marketing used to be the art uh, people may not have thought about it like this but it was marketing used to be the art of interrupting someone else's audience yeah if you think about it yeah You put an advert in a newspaper because you believed your audience were reading it or in a magazine or whatever else. But in digital channels, that's not the case. Because let's say you spend £20,000 on a brand new spanking website today Mm. and you launch it tomorrow. It might be the best website ever, but it's got no audience. So today, marketing is not the art of interrupting someone else's audience. And this goes back to the engagement piece as well. Marketing is now the art of building an audience and then retaining it. Yeah. And therefore, in terms of cutting through the noise, think about this. I want to build an audience. It could be of operations directors. It could be of senior partners at law firms. It could be of, you know, uh, house husbands and housewives. It doesn't matter what it is. But you've got an audience that you want to build. So the answer, the question you want to ask yourself is, who already has the eyeballs of that audience? Who already has the attention of that audience? And how can I work with them or leverage them to capture some of that audience. Mm. So, can I interview them? Can I do a webinar with them? Can I do a joint blog with them? How could I work with those people? There won't be one, there'll be lots at all those companies and you know, so Isaac Newton called it standing on the shoulders of giants. Yeah. Essentially, if I can work with someone who's already got an audience, firstly I get credibility, and second of all I'll get some of the eyeballs or ears of that particular audience. And from a standing start, when you've got nothing, that is the quickest way to build audience uh, in a digital environment.
0: So Grant, we've talked about quite a few different things today. Um, if there was one top tip or sort of key takeaway for our audience today, what would it be?
1: Yeah, so one key takeaway. So um, it's something I quoted in a, in a previous book of mine, but uh, everybody will know J- JFK gave one of the most um, famous inauguration addresses of any president of the United States of America. And during that address, he very famously said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Mm. If I'm allowed to borrow his quote, I would say, if you want to be really successful at marketing today, your starting point should be this. Don't ask what your marketing can do for you. You know, the amount of leads it can bring and all of those different things. Ask what your marketing can do for your customer. If you can create marketing that creates amazing value for the customer, then you're onto something. Then you can engage, you can win audience, you can build audience, you'll get people to share. All some of the other things we spoke about dovetails out of that.
0: Well, Grant, thank you so much. How can our listeners find out more about you and Sticky Marketing and also uh, tell us about your book?
1: Yeah, so Digital Selling is is the latest book. It, of course, it's available at all good bookshops and uh, Amazon and all the rest of it. It's really telling people about how to use the web and social media effectively to generate leads and sell more. That's That's the purpose of the book. In terms of me, the best way of finding me is literally to go to StickyMarketing.com. That's StickyMarketing.com. And there are loads of videos and resources and all sorts of things that people are are free to use.
0: And Grant's giving away uh, three copies of his book, Digital Selling, How to Use Social Media and the Web to Generate Leads and Sell More. If you go along to sitevisibility.co.uk forward slash Grant, G-R-A-N-T, and fill in any details, you get a chance to win a copy there. So that's fantastic. Fantastic. Thanks for that, Grant. And thanks to our listeners for listening. The show notes are in the usual place sitevisibility.com forward slash I am podcast if you're enjoying the show uh, leave a review as I mentioned before you know how to do that Um, we're always looking for questions and suggestions so the email is podcast at sitevisibility.com you can tweet us at sitevisibility if you want to connect with me personally I'm Doctor Pod d-o-c-t-o-r-p-o-d on twitter and linkedin Uh, what else have I got to say oh yes don't forget you can have a conversation with us on the site visibility group on linkedin I think that's almost all just a reminder again uh, a chance to win a free book uh, that's digital selling how to use social media and the web to generate leads and sell more that's at sitevisibility.co.uk grant well thanks everyone so that's all from me Andy and it's all from grant thank you and we'll see you next time on internet marketing